Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen. And galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at Gravitationally Bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. And anytime we get a chance to catch up with our friend and a host for MLB Network Radio, Mike Farron, we love to do so via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing very well. So we got some big time news last night in Major League Baseball with Carlos Correa officially ending his free agency. He gets a 13-year deal We've seen a lot of these, Mike, the the long extended deals compared to what we expected. What has been your biggest takeaway thus far on like a, a big picture sense from what we've seen across Major League Baseball this free agency uh, season? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a couple things. I think, you know, one, I think it speaks to the overall health of where baseball is um, as a game that that, you know, coming out of two years of, of real uncertainty, um, and reduced revenues from COVID, we're right back where we were in 2019 and a little bit higher even, what with new television deals that have kicked in and new CBA, so, so labor piece for the next five years and all of those factors in it. So I think that that's the number one thing. I mean, the next is that I think prices were a little bit higher than I anticipated. Most of us anticipated this winter, um, probably by about 50% in a lot of cases, although I think if you had said, Carlos Correa was going to get close to $350 million in free agency. I don't think that would have been a shock necessarily. Um, and I think the, the, the other one is that I think it's interesting that teams who for years issued the long-term, you know, 10 plus year contract. Um, and, and really like that really didn't exist very frequently in major league baseball circles outside of a couple of, uh, of deals, you know, over the course of, of you know any of the fifty, nearly fifty years of free agency, um, that teams are more willing to do that if it reduces their number for the competitive balance tax um, in being able to spread that money out. And so, I think you know these eleven, twelve, thirteen year deals are less about the aging curves and concerns about guys performing in their late thirties, um, you know, into age forty. I think most teams are pretty well aware that after thirty five or thirty six that there's going to be a fairly steep decline in production, but it just takes a chance to spread out the money. And when you're playing a, a dollar per win game, which is what they generally have with wins above replacement, um, you know, 
if you're, you're spending $280 million for six years of production, let's say, of, of Xander Bogart, that probably lines up pretty well with the production that you're going to get and how much you paid. So I think all of those things are factors. I think that's all played out. And that's kind of been my main takeaway from this winter is that, um, you know, we're, we're pretty, we're in a pretty healthy spot and that there's a number of teams that are, are excited about trying to improve their club to win in 2023. So with that being said, Mike, are, are you surprised that Wilson Contreras got the deal that he did by St. Louis? I think I'm more surprised that it was St. Louis that gave it to him than I am that he got that deal. I mean, he was clearly the best offensive catcher on the market. And I think, um, you know, really with the exception of Real Mudos, a free contract that he signed with the Phillies, um, this is, I believe, the highest one that's been given to to a catcher all time, right? So I think the bigger thing that was, it was interesting to me was in listening to the Cardinals talk about how they were trying to, I guess, assuage some of the fears about, about the defensive shortcomings that Contreras has had. Um, statistically, he's not always been the best receiver. He's got a cannon arm. Uh, and there have been some questions about whether or not he is an effective game caller. And coming from Yadier Molina to that, I'm a little bit surprised, I think, that they took someone where uh, they, they were willing to go to that level in the market for someone where that was a concern, right? Especially when they have as deep a farm system as they have and could have um, you know, perhaps acquiesce to some of the demands of Oakland to make a deal for Sean Murphy. So I guess from that standpoint, I think it's a little bit of a surprise for me personally. At the same time, the Cardinals upgraded their offense significantly by adding Contreras to the mix. Um, and, you know, when you have balance and what, what they seem like are, are pretty bullish on performances of guys like Lars Nupar and, um, and Brendan Donovan, and there's probably still a little bit of room for growth from Dylan Carlson from the left side of the plate, like those things are pretty interesting overall, and definitely their lineup is is far more stout um, going into next year than it was coming into the 2022 season. Mike Farron is our guest. You can hear him over on MLB Network Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Farron. Mike, I always reference, or I, 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 a lot of the time, I reference one of the quotes that you gave us on the show. I think it was a couple of years ago now, and we were talking going into a season about how the Cardinals always seem to go up to that line and then they could use one more thing to put them over it right. and they just don't do it for whatever reason. I almost feel like they're doing that again this offseason because when you look at this team, it's really well constructed. The The lineup is very deep. They've got some young players that have upside that could really help them. You look at the bullpen and while it's maybe not perfect, they, they've got pieces that you could squint and say, okay, I, I kind of see how that comes together. The thing they're missing appears to be a legitimate front-end starter. And, oh, by the way, Carlos Rodon is out there, who happens to be exactly that. How do you feel about the Cardinals roster right now, and does it fit to that criteria that you talked about previously? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. And I think when you, like, let's take that rotation part a step further, right? And Derek Gould had a great piece a couple days ago talking about the Cardinals uh, rotation and how there's really only one player that's under contract for next year um, in Steven Matz, right? So you're looking at the, they've got four four starters who are going to be free agents after the year, and I really do feel like they need a little bit more swing and miss in their rotation. They were down towards the bottom of the league in strikeout rate, and so um, yeah, it feels like they're maybe a little bit short in that regard. Um, you know, I know John Mazalak kind of threw some cold water over some of it. They're linking to the big names that are on the free agent market the, the other day in an interview. And so I'm not sure how much they're actually in on Rodon, but there, 
the difference, I think, is that they have a chance for some internal improvement in that regard if Jack Flaherty is healthy. And I realize that's been a big if the last two seasons, but there are few guys who are available either in free agency or via trade ever that are as talented as Jack Flaherty is. And if Flaherty is healthy and he's walking into his platform here heading into free agency, well, that's a guy that can pitch at the top of the rotation. He's got the stuff to be a game one playoff starter. So I think that changes it a little bit. I mean, I think there's some uncertainty in the lineup, right? Like, we don't really know what Tyler O'Neill is. I know he had the big year two years ago, but I think there's some questions there. We don't really know what Carlson is. We don't really know if there's a position for Nolan Gorman. We know that there were two great months from Lars Newtbar last year. Like, is he, is he really a regular? Is he more of a role player? You know, Brendan Donovan with the gold glove for utility guys, but he's kind of a utility guy because he doesn't have a set position. But he's an interesting guy because he gets on base a ton, right? Like, he's, he's kind of a unique player in that there's not a lot of power, but he gets on base. And so they're, they're not a perfect roster in that sense, but they are pretty deep. And, yeah, I don't feel like that. I feel like they're still, like, one stud away from really pushing things over the top. Um, you know, with this group, but at the same time, it's really good. And it's more than good enough um, in the central division right now. I mean, I think Milwaukee's still going to be very good, but the other three teams are likely not competitive for a playoff spot. And so, um, you know, if they can get things lined up and maybe, maybe their better, their better use of prospect capital is to trade for a starter at the deadline um, as opposed to spending a ton of money on Rodon, I think they've positioned themselves well for that. And now the question is, are they willing to move your key prospect to the deal to be able to acquire somebody of impact? I think that's the question that, that we're going to spend the first half of the season kind of looking at with them. And we tend to know the answer on that in most years. Maybe that changes this year, but for you know the last decade or so, it really hasn't been their M.O., no pun intended. And Mike, I, I did want to follow up. You mentioned how the lineup, there's some uncertainty there. Is there anything you think they could do, whether it be via free agency or a guy that's been rumored in trade requests that you think would make sense for them to improve some of that uncertainty? No, not really. I mean, the thing is that we're pretty well picked over on the free agent market, right? For position players at this point. I mean, your best guys that are out there are like, you know, in free agency, at least in terms of how you project them to be to to be for this year are probably Dansby Swanson, who I think is going to get a big payday um, and who, you know, I, I personally, I have ranked way behind the other three shortstops that were on the free agent market. Um, and like Gene Segura, you know, who's a nice player, but um, you know, I don't know that he necessarily fits with the Cardinals. Um, you know, could they add someone to DH some, I suppose, but that might end up being Nolan Gorman's best spot with Arenado at third and, with, I do think that some of the shift restrictions are going to have a bigger impact on defensive positioning and who's able to play second base than it is on, on a number of the hitters. And so I wonder a little bit about that with Gorman. But I, I don't see a name that's out there right now that makes a lot of sense. Murphy made sense, right, because they had a need to catch her and they had a need to upgrade the offense. And all of those those things were, were important. I'm just not sure that that there's that guy that's out there right now. And quite frankly, it's a pretty quiet trade market. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the other thing that we've been, you know, the, the, the three team deal, notwithstanding, I mean, we saw a couple of guys get moved early that were in the last year of deals, but like trying to find starting pitchers and trying to find impactful position players that are available via trade, like 
there's just not a ton of them there. And the teams that, that do have them, whether it's, you know, the Diamondbacks who have like six, literally six center fielders on their 40 man roster that they could deal from, or the Blue Jays who have three catchers, you know, they're not necessarily deals that line up well with what the Cardinals are looking for or, or what the Cardinals have to offer necessarily. So I think there's that, that part of it is that they're kind of hemmed in, but the strength of their roster coming back for next year is pretty strong. And, you know, the fact that they, they are so confident in Tommy Edmond being able to play shortstop every day is a huge boost. I mean, if they're right on that, that's a, that's a big difference maker for them because that's been a position that's been, that I felt like they needed to upgrade for a long period of time. If you can get decent offense out of second and Edmund can hold down the position defensively, I think you have to feel pretty good about where they're at. Mike, we'll get you out of here on this one. And thanks so much for the time. We really do appreciate it today. Just final thing on the Cardinals. When you look at them, and I know compared to the division, they look really good. But part of that is because of the lack of quality in this division outside of Milwaukee. When you look at them, though, compared to the Dodgers, Padres, Mets, Phillies, and Braves, the other behemoths in the National League right now that have all seemingly gotten better this offseason, how do you think the Cardinals compare to those other legit contenders in the NL? Yeah, I mean, I think they're a legitimate contender. I think that there's, I mean, I could answer that question a lot easier if I knew what we were going to get out of Jack Flaherty this year, right? Like in terms of how many innings he was going to be able to throw. If you can tell me that Flaherty's going to give them 180 innings, I'm going to feel really good about their chances because I think they've got a guy that can line up in game one with just about anybody. Um, you know, if, it, if it's not the case, then I don't really feel as good. But I think, you know, listen, you guys saw this firsthand last year, right? The Cardinals were a better team than the Phillies. They just were. The Phillies won the National League pennant. doesn't matter. Get to the dam. Anything can happen. The, we, we spend a lot of time trying to talk through these, are they legitimate World Series contenders? Are they this? Are they this? And the fact is, is that, one, we're really bad at predicting regular seasons anyway. Fortunately, <laughs> statistical analysis helps us in that regard because we have a far broader data set to work with in 162 games. And, and I'll go back to a book that Baseball Prospectus wrote like 15 years ago called Baseball Between the Numbers, and there was an entire chapter called Why Billy Beans, You Know What, Doesn't Work During the Playoffs. And the fact is, is that the playoffs are such a like it's a random number generator, right? It, like, and if the infield is playing back when Segura's up, the Cardinals might win Game One in the in the the, the wild card round, and then it's then we're not even having this conversation. Maybe they're the team that goes to the World Series. So I think it's just a matter of get to the playoffs, get in and see what happens, and then whoever wants to write the stories about what kind of referendum this passes on the style of baseball works, that's fine, but then you can just go ahead and click on somebody else's website. Mike, appreciate the time as always. It's always great to catch up with you. Really appreciate the insight that you can give us on the Cardinals, and we'll talk with you again as we get closer to the regular season opening up once again. All right, sounds good, guys. Happy holidays. You got it. Same to you. That's Mike Farron, one of the best baseball analysts in the business. You can hear him over on MLB Network Radio. You can also follow him on Twitter. He's at Mike underscore Farron. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. 
Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen. And galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at Gravitationally Bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.